fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. It's episode number 301. We we made it past 300. The world did not end yet, mm-hmm. as far as we know. I mean, give it time. It's working on itself. But the world has not ended just yet. We're still here. We're still, I think we're mostly alive. I don't know. Maybe we died, and maybe we brought ourselves back. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Pat, that doesn't seem like an exciting prospect to you. You know, you're not. Gonna, I know it's one of our three questions, so I'm not really going to get into it now. But you, you, you wouldn't be if you were one of these medical students. You're saying it would not be a good day to die. I, I, I don't think so, John. I didn't. Okay. I didn't quite. I didn't quite. This one. This whole, one. This one didn't quite do it for you. Yeah, I didn't quite okay. get with the whole thing. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, anyway, this one is Flatliners, episode number 301, Flatliners. Um, we hope you enjoyed our 300th episode. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun to do, to get everybody all back together again. Um, you know, had Jeff with us and uh, just got to go through and, and talk about our favorite kind of quotable movies and movies that we reference all the time. So that was a fun one to do and uh, hoping you enjoyed it as well. So uh, now we are on the other side of that one, episode number 301. Uh, very, very quickly, we spoil freely here, so just be warned. Uh, if you have not left us an iTunes review or wherever you get your podcast, you can leave us a review on there just to kind of let us know how we're doing and that maybe that gets us uh, in front of some other people so they can listen as well. And then visit our website, 30podcast.com. Uh, I have with me tonight, I have with me a whole, tonight a whole gaggle, a, a, a whole operating room, if you will, of uh, doctors. Doctor? Doctor. 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 Um, there we go. I, I actually almost, I was going back and looking through some of our old episodes, and I almost went back and listened to that one the other day. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's been a while ago. That's Might go back and listen to that one. Um, vintage. It's vintage. Retro, vintage, whatever you want to call it. Um, so this time I around. Say we uh, pod, I say we podcast for five minutes. Well, I'm going to podcast for five minutes and 15 seconds. Well, I say we podcast for five and a half minutes. Dude, I'm going to podcast for five minutes and 45 seconds. Pat? Pat, I'm not this, just. I'm not judging. This, this wasn't a David Lynch movie. You can you can <laughs> rein it in. You can rein it in a little bit. All right. <laughs> no, you don't have to rein it in. <laughs> just, I no. I want you to unleash. I was just if, saying, Pat fired up is fun. Mm-hmm. I, I like humor. I recognize. I just this yeah. this comedy didn't work with me. I'm just saying. Oh, that's fine. Well, that's fine. There's a reason for that. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Now I just I want to see a comedy remake of Flatliners. I want to see like the Mel Brooks version of Flatliners. Okay, so actually speaking of, did anyone see the remake when it came out? I didn't. I I did, and you know what? I think I saw in terms of for be- from beginning to end, I saw hmm. the remake before I saw the entirety of this movie. Hmm. What do you think of the remake? Is it worth me going back to watch or no? It's Yeah, it's not bad. 
Okay. Like, it's not amazing, but it's not bad. And in some ways, it's actually a little bit more... This one was not scary to me. Like, the ninety, the 1990 Flatliners, I didn't really find any of it scary. Yeah, um, the effects were... They made it... I don't know how to... Cartoonish isn't the word, but mm-hmm. yeah. It was, it was a little bit more of a... I almost felt it a little bit more of like a supernatural thriller as opposed to what I... Like, officially a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say the other Flatliners is a little bit more of a horror movie. Okay. So, I mean, it's. It, I think it's worth giving it a watch. And I feel like it was streaming somewhere not that long ago. I don't know if it still is, but you I'll check. check it out somewhere. But yeah, no, it was it was a decent movie. Decent movie. Um, so yes, this time around, I've got uh, I've got some doctors with me. So far, you've heard a few of them. I've got Doctor Pat. Doctor Pat, how you doing? I'm good, John. How are you guys doing? Good, doing fine. Doctor Bo. John, Pat, good. Dennis, Doctor Dennis. I concur. You concur? I, I was going to ask if you, yeah. I, what? Uh, yes, I can. With what? <laughs> all that doctor stuff. All, all that doctor stuff. All right. Did well, let's. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump on into Flatliners. It came out in the 10th of August, 1990, rated R, with a runtime of one hour, 55 minutes, directed by Joel Schumacher. Uh, Joel, I hate Batman Schumacher, is how I usually lovingly refer to him as. Uh, he also did The Lost Boys, Falling Down, and Batman Forever. We don't Falling talk about down. that other one he did. That Falling Down is a fun one. I, I had a few I problems. Know. I had a few problems with it when I watched it, but it was a fun one to watch because I didn't watch it until about last year. Mm. And I there were yeah, I I, I think watching itself. watching it in 2019 it was yeah I, I still enjoyed it but there were certain yeah. things about it that I was like eh, I don't know yeah um, yeah you're right. Uh, producers on this one were Justin, Be- I'm sorry, Rick Bieber um, and Michael Douglas. Bieber did Made in America. Down. There you go. Uh, Bieber did Made in America. Douglas did One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Face Off. I did not know Michael Douglas was a producer on Face Off. Mm. He's, he's got some weird producing credits, man. He does. I, well, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I didn't know he was a producer on that one. But I, yeah, and then Face Off. I was like, really? I, I don't remember that. Uh, writers for this one, writer was Peter Filardi, who also did The Craft and Ricky Six. Uh, cinematography was done by Jan de Bont, who did Die Hard, The Hunt for Red October, and Basic Instinct. Uh, music for this one was, was done by James Newton Howard, who also did Major League, Pretty Woman, and King Ralph. Budget on this one was $26 million. Box office was $61.5 million. Flick Metrics, which combines Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and Letterboxd, gives it a 60% cinema score. People gave it a B plus as they were leaving the theater. Kiefer Sutherland plays Nelson Wright. He was in 24 Young Guns and the Lost Boys. Julia Roberts plays Dr. Rachel Manis. Uh, she was in Pretty Woman, Aaron Brockovich, and Ocean's Eleven. Kevin Bacon played David Labracchio. He was in Animal House and Footloose. William Baldwin played Joe Hurley. He was in Sliver and Backdraft. Oliver Platt played Randy Steckel, the genesis of a surgeon. Randy Steckel. Uh, he was in The Three Musketeers and Benny and June. Kimberly Scott played Winnie Hicks. She was in The Abyss and Falling Down. Joshua Rudoy played Billy Mahoney. He was in Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, Benjamin Moulton, uh, Benjamin Mouton played Rachel's father. He was in Basic Instinct. And Hope Davis played Anne Cauldron. She was in Home Alone and About Schmidt. Here is the trailer, and we will be back in just a moment. Today's a good day to die. Flatline. 30 seconds to go. Can you recall any specific emotion or sensation? No, but there's something out there. We're running out of time! 300! Clear! Nothing! Your heart going again! Clear! Nothing, I can't hear anything! Come on, Nelson! Breathe! We lost him! No! Welcome back. 
Batman. I'm going next. Two minutes. Two ten. Was there anything negative about your experience? This is too weird. We've experienced death. Now somehow we brought our sins back physically. They're pissed. That is not a hallucination and it is not possible. Oh my God. You withheld information that's the same as lying. You wouldn't have done it. At least we would have had a choice. They're not real. <laughs> hey, come on, they're your sins. Live with them. I do. No! Nelson, please! I thought I paid my dues. Thank you for the nightmare. No! Come on, Joe! Starting CPR. Flatliners. Some lines shouldn't be crossed. <laughs> Flatliners. Some lines should. It. And and Pat, I just. I mean, the people listening to the audio cannot see your reactions at all. But I, I just enjoyed everything you were doing while the the trailer was playing. Yeah, yeah. It just. I'm gonna I, go two and a half minutes now. It was. I'm gonna go two minutes and forty five seconds. I'm gonna go five minutes. It almost begs the how question. How long has this movie been? Because that's how long I felt like I've been under. Can someone please like hit me with some adrenaline? Please? Someone? Is anyone out there? Get the Flatliners McDonald's Happy Meal. You get a happy, you get a burger, you get fries, you get a shot of adrenaline. And what comes with the oh, toy? I, Your own little mini jump kit. Oh, I like this episode. I'm excited to be a part of it. <laughs> Let's do it. Cat is fired up. Yes. It's late at night. I'm, I'm going to have a little sip of my drink. And uh, Pat, you can tell us uh, one word. How did this movie make you, you know, feel? know, one word. And remember, we are a family-friendly well, podcast, and I don't want to have to edit too much out. It was a journey. It was a journey. This movie was a journey. <laughs> no, that would have been cool. Okay. Do you guys need more time? And, and not like the words? final countdown. Should I put journey? more words in there? It was a journey. Okay. I it was a journey. You know what? I'm going to stick with it. I kind of threw it out there to be a jerk, but I'm going to stick with it because I, I did you, kind of I have like I, a little journey while I was watching this movie. Okay. I was intrigued. Is my word. Yeah. Um, interesting. I, I like, I like, I was, he chose intrigued and that's good. It, it, I think it was an interesting idea and plot. I don't have the same I, now for all, for, um, for sake of uh, transparency, I haven't seen it just recently. I've seen it years ago, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going based on that. And I remember thinking that yeah, because because it's come up where I've like actually thought of like even now we're you know now with the podcast obviously, but I want to show it with the kids. So I actually have held off because I wanted to get you know watch it with them, and we just haven't got a chance to sit down and watch that one. So, but um, so I, enough that I liked it in the past that I'd like to see it again, even without the podcast. Like, oh, Flatliners. Man, I've picked it up in the library and been like, you know, I need to get that. I should get that. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. and I think I even actually rented it a few times or got it from the library a few times and just never watched it all. We just didn't have time and it got returned. Um, but so my memory back then was it was enough of an interesting idea and I enjoyed it enough that I would be interested in seeing it again. Okay. With all right. Kids. Yeah. I'm going to say it had potential. Um, you know, it, it, to expand on that just a little bit before we really kind of dive into it. Um, great actors. I mean, the cast is amazing. I mean, this is on par with like a Young Guns, with Lost mm-hmm. Boys. This is, I mean, this is this is your star power. Um, you know, kind of your uh, your your Brat Pack kind of movie, but you know, a little bit more grown up Brat Pack. Um, great actors in this movie. Great performances in this movie. Visually, uh, this movie is is outstanding visually i think there's kind of the use of color and the use of 
you know, just the locations and uh, what's his name? The cinematographer. He did Die Hard. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Bond. I, I yeah. always mispronounce his name. I think it's I think it's Jan de Bond. Yeah, that's the it's one. it's spelled like Jan, but I think it's Jan. I might be wrong, but right. Janos. Um, you can sort of tell, like when you come in, those those early shots are kind of sweeping and a lot of pushes, and visually it's stunning at times. Yeah. Even the 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 room that they do mm-hmm. this experiments in is visually stunning. And yeah, like I, it, if if this was medical school, I might have actually gone to medical school. That's kind of a cool location. Oh, there's a lot of blood <laughs> medical school, John. I don't know. Uh, well, I know. I'm not saying I would have made it out of medical school. As far as the set, I think it was rather humorous that like it took place like in basically an old church. Yeah, yeah we're gonna have we're gonna have like operations going in an old church, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I wanted to go back, and I didn't have time. They hang on those walls at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and I wanted to go back and look and see if I could identify any of the artwork because I have a hunch that it has a purpose mm-hmm. that I just don't quite understand because I haven't figured out what they are yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know some of the locations, and and that goes into like some of our three questions later on about filming movies that get filmed in Chicago. Um, I think some of the locations were was it Loyola University um, Museum? Was it Science and Industry, or was it the Field Museum? It was one of the one of the museums downtown. Um, but yeah, there are a whole bunch of different locations. I think it was. I think some of the that room that they did the um, like their medical school was taking place in might have been. It was either like a St. Mary's Cathedral or, or a St. Mary's Church. Um, I feel like that was the name of one of them. And then I think Loyola uh, was one of the other spots where they did some filming. But yeah, it's, to me, so to me, the, the when I say potential. Yeah, the exteriors are the Museum of Science and Industry, which I okay. recognized. Okay, yeah. Um, I feel like the interiors were like there was a church, there was a Loyola University, there was a couple St. of. St. Mary of the Lake. Yes. Mm-hmm. On Sheridan. Um, Graceland Cemetery. Yeah. Loyola, you mentioned. Okay. But that's why, to me, I think that's why I say potential because it had amazing, to me, it was amazing visuals. I think it was just beautifully shot. Um, I love the fact that it's got all these Chicago locations that I can recognize and, and the way that they're used. And it's, you're not quite sure what time this is. It, it seems very almost like post-apocalyptic, but it's not. Um, and, and the actors, just amazing actors, amazing performances in this movie. But it just, because I, I knew going into this that this is a horror movie, because I had seen the remake before I, I fully watched all from beginning to end this version of it. Um, and the remake is very much a horror movie, and I always thought of this as a horror movie, but it just, it wasn't scary to me at all. Um, I would imagine had I watched this as a 10-year-old in 1990, it probably would have been terrifying. Um, I'm not sure watching this as a 39-year-old, in 1990, I'm not sure I would have been terrified. Uh, maybe, but it's just not. When I think of, of the premise of this movie, the kind of you're, you're breaking that barrier between life and death and the implications of, well, you know, you opened a doorway for something to come back and, and for your sins to come back. Um, to me, there's so much potential to get really frightening with some of that. Like, like I mean, I, what I what I think would have made this a an amazing movie for me, and, and I, I would have just said over the top, this is outstanding, is if it brought some of the terror that I felt watching Event Horizon into this movie. So I think if it had been scarier, if it brought in just that nightmare aspect of Event Horizon into this movie, to me, I then I would be good. I'd, I'd be 
you know, full steam ahead. Go ahead and inject me with the adrenaline. Pat's not agreeing with me, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I am agreeing with you. I mean, well, obviously, I, I don't want to say like to a, say, to a fault. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say I, that would be kind of funny if you're like, well, this would have made it more scary for me, and then I disagree. No, John, that wouldn't have made it more scary for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I get what you're saying. Like, I, I could see because I mean, obviously, I tolerated the movie, so it wasn't like, oh my god, I was so scared. Um, and I could see how they could make it scarier. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'm going to hazard a guess and say, and, and I know that you know this has kind of been your reaction with some of the other movies too, is I would hazard a guess and say that your, and I don't want to speak for you, but that your objection to this movie is on moral grounds. Yeah, I, I, I did bump against that. Like, what are all of you jerks doing? Like, what are you doing? And then, you know, I, I mean, obviously, and this is where the movie... I suppose works in that way because now, you know, it's like, okay, let's talk about the movie for five minutes, but then let's talk about for the next five hours, let's talk about, well, what do you think? Like, do you think that would happen? Do you think you could, what do you think it would be like if we start killing people and then trying to bring them back and you know, all this kind of stuff. I mean, you could sit there and have that discussion to go, you know, forever. And I I don't want to sit here and start going forever because I know I'd love to hear, you know, what Bo and, and Dennis think of it, but I, I get what you're saying in that um, how it was shot was beautiful. Cause there were a lot of scenes that I was sitting there and it's just like, it was almost like a tableau where there'd just be like 10, 15 seconds of just people sitting there and staring at each other. And everything was all like perfectly set up. This person was in the foreground. This person was angstily looking off to the nothing. This person was looking. And, and honestly, I was reminded of lost boys. I'm like, this is almost like with the Gothic and just with them sitting there, this totally feels like Lost Boys. And then it was later I looked up the information and it was like, oh, the cat that did this did Lost Boys. Okay, well, that makes sense. There you go. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a slick movie, the way they shot it. Um, and I, I guess, you know, I got about halfway through and that's where I said it was a journey. I got about halfway through and it was just like, okay, I, I see what they're doing. Okay, I, you know, Okay. <laughs> That's where I got. But again, I don't want yeah, I don't want to get sure. on my soapbox and just berate no. it because I mean, obviously it had some popularity and I mean it was incredibly well shot and conceived and written and acted and like Dennis's maxim of, well, what would I do differently or do better? I mean, I I got nothing to offer, so I'm not going to sit here and badmouth it. Um and I suppose all of my objections that, you know, you mentioned if those are indeed my objections, then that doesn't necessarily make it a bad movie. It makes it a good movie because it was thought provoking. So, you know, and that, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think John, I think you, you, I think you were trying to say and, and said it pretty clearly. Like the, the idea that when you asked about your one word, it had the potential, like it could have gone deeper into stuff. And I think, and I don't know if this is maybe the difference between Pat and maybe probably you, or maybe Bo falls in this category too, but I don't think Pat, you have any interest in creating movies, correct? Writing, uh, making. You, you're you're a you're a viewer. You like to view movies. You yeah. like you love them. You watch them, but you you don't sit there and like though. I want to make a film someday. Oh yeah, I don't. Okay, so and I think that might be why I don't know. Maybe I give it more credit because I I think that when I look back, I remember it thinking of like that's a pretty. And, and Bo's idea, Bo's word was intriguing, mm-hmm. and I'm like. When somebody comes up with a movie that I think is a pretty good idea, like a good idea, but it doesn't fulfill on its potential, mm-hmm. but I give it credit for going somewhere that I didn't think of going first. 
you know it's like it's like Sixth Sense it's like certain other movies where I'm like or actually because Sixth Sense is a great movie all the way throughout so I, I won't compare it to Sixth Sense I'll compare it to um, uh, what's the one with the uh, A Quiet Place okay so Quiet Place I love that concept but the movie has so many flaws in it but I still like the movie because the concept is good it's different it's unique it's original it's something like oh wow that's a pretty cool idea to have to do so I think that's the same thing here. Somebody asked this question, what happens when you flatline? And I think the whole idea of then going back and seeing what you actually uncover about your lives. Because they always say like when, you, you know, when people die, they, their life flashes before their eyes. Well, what if you don't like what you always see when that happens? And now what if you're stuck to live with it because you messed with it? And I think just asking those deeper questions, pondering that atonement, you know, that whole theme of those type of things and, and, and going into that is an interesting enough concept that I go, good movie, right? Not perfect, not what it could have been, but definitely a good movie. And I, and I haven't seen the new one, but I've heard the new one's pretty bad. Mm. And I don't know, did you say you saw the new one? <laughs> no, John has. I John, you saw it? Okay. And what, did you say it was pretty bad? No, I mean, it was, it was fine. It was okay. Because yeah, here's my fine. thing about that is I heard that, I heard it wasn't that great and I ended up never seeing it again. But I was like, I remember thinking I wanted to see it, but the reason I wanted to is because I kept thinking that movie could have gone deeper and that could be one of those movies with my maximum of, you know, what would I have done differently? There's probably definitely some things I would have done differently with the original one. And I was curious to see if they had taken the time to do that. Cause that would be a, possibly a good remake. Possibly. Yeah. I don't think you get a better cast though. That's the hard part with this yeah. one. And the I, cast is excellent. And it was definitely unique. Like I can't think of another movie that's quite yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. uh, two weeks ago we talked about, um, uh, arachnophobia and I think I passed the comment that all the characters in there were kind of like the cardboard cut out of okay there's the yeah. you know this guy and there's the and there's the steely-eyed scientist that this movie was was very unique like I don't think anyone was like a cardboard cut out of oh there's that guy and here's your typical adventure I mean it was you know it was it was it was different you know it was yeah. different so I, I think that's just from the perspective of you know if I were to write a movie, you're always trying to think of that unique idea. You don't want to do what's been done before. It earns enough respect from me for that. It's not a you know big thumbs up, four out of four, awesome movie, best movie in the world. But it's an it's a novel idea and, and a unique idea and causes some kind of deep thought. At least I just wish the movie could have gone deeper. And and, um, and my but, angry response. And then I'm going to shut up so Bo can actually get a word in. But I mean, and, and it's funny because like my response to it, everything like, and, and I'm going to say like to what you had said about like, you know, the whole idea of coming back and then questioning your life and is today a good day to die. Like my initial reaction is, why do you have to die to like question your life? You should be doing that right now. Like it's not a good day to die if you've got like, man, there's some stuff I got to square with, right? Like I mean, but then it's like, oh well, I'm thinking of all these things, and it's like. Well, that that's not on the movie. The movie's making me think those things, so the movie's good. Like that's it's working, you know. So I'm I'm kind of conflicted that I don't think I dislike the movie, or the concept of it. I think it was just things portrayed in the movie caused me to react a certain way, which is the point of a movie. So yeah. does I mean does that make sense? I don't. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm muting the mic, Bo. I'm sorry, I'm muting the mic. No need to mute. You have feelings. Express them. Um, no, I think I think you've all said it. There's, there's a, you know, the, the introspective part of it, you know, turning the lens on yourself. It's an interesting vehicle to do that. You know, you, you die and you see the things that you've, that you've done. Um, I think, the, you know, part of what intrigued me is the, the thought of that. And then the, just the thought of how they go about it and, 
and how everyone like it, it, how everyone saw something different. Like they could have gone completely formulaic, and everyone could have seen someone that died. But no, the one guy, you know, the, the girl they made fun of is still alive. So they they you know they did some different things, which was really good. So that kept it interesting. And um, my 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 judge for my. Uh, bellwether for interest in a movie that I've never seen can sometimes be my wife. She can get, um, she's a little particular. If things don't hold her attention, she'll turn them off. I, I don't do that. Like if I've committed to turning something on, I'm probably going to finish it. And at the end I might go, well, here's an hour. I don't get back. Um, but she's really good about, I don't care. So I'm not going to watch it. It held her attention the whole time. So it, it definitely had that something that kept you into it. It just didn't quite pay off. And I think that's the, the general consensus. You know, John said potential. Um, Dennis said the same thing. You know, there were so many things they could have done. And you kind of, we were waiting for it to happen, I think. And then it sort of doesn't at the end. Um, and Pat, I agree that the, the weird scenes with the, I'm going to go 10 seconds longer and, we should leave him in for 10 more seconds as he's holding the paddles. Like he's, you know, playing God with the guy's life and stuff. <laughs> but that, that film time could have been used a little better, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that was something with the remake. I, I was just curious. So I looked it up. Uh, the remake has a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, so I didn't it, hear good yeah. things. And that's why I never went to see it. Yeah. I, but I, you know, I, I feel like it was on, I don't know if it was on Tubi or if it was on one of those other streaming services that was, you know, you could watch it for free. Um, I feel like I watched it last year and, you know, it, it wasn't one of those. It, it was a movie that I finished it. I was like, oh, that was a that was an OK horror movie. You know, it wasn't one of those that I said, wow, that's a that's a, like you said, Bo, that's an hour and a half of my life. I'll never get back again. So it was at least entertaining enough. So I, I definitely would not give it a four percent. Um, you know, is it. I don't know when you think about some of the, like the modern horror movies and I could, I could just take a bunch of modern horror movies, lump them together and say, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of mediocre horror movies. It's probably one that you could lump in with the mediocre horror movies, um, you know, that, that come out pretty regularly every year, but you know, it definitely doesn't have some of the things I liked about this movie. So if I, if, if I'm thinking about what worked for me in this movie is the visuals, you know, how things are shot, how they're portrayed, um, the sets, all of that stuff. And then obviously there wasn't really anything to me. That's, that's what, I don't know if I want to call it groundbreaking, but to me, that was kind of the, you know, the, the visual feel of this movie, the color palette of this movie. To me, that's what I think kind of distinguishes this from other horror movies. Um, like I said before, not scary enough for me to really be a horror movie, but um, just kind of the look and feel of this whole thing that, you know, you, you have, you have these very, you know, religious, uh, locales and you've got these people that are trying to play God. Um, you know, it was interesting. I, I did read, um, I think it might've been on IMDb, but I did read one of the responses to this was somebody had referred to this as a, what do they call it? A, they called it a, a brat pack neo-Gothic movie that is like Frankenstein in reverse. And I was like, no, you know what? That, that actually sums up the whole thing. I, that pretty much, yeah. <laughs> that, that pretty much covers it. Is done. <laughs> yep, that's in one <laughs> sentence. You've basically covered the entire thing. Um, but it makes me think of Dennis, like you were saying, it makes me think of, of movies where I appreciate it. Even if it falls a little bit short for mm -hmm. me, um, I appreciate it for what it tried to do. 
And it made me think of like, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I always had this idea in my head. I always had these different stories in my head. And I kept thinking, you know what, if I ever write a book, if I write a story or if I ever read or ever wrote a movie, um, you know, here are some ideas that I think would be visually, I don't know what the story would be, but visually I've got these things pictured in my mind. And one of them that I was thinking of when I was a kid was, I was like, what, what if you did a movie about, um, you know, somebody traveling and that was before I had read Dante's Inferno, but I was like, what if you did a movie about somebody traveling between heaven and hell and like what that looks like? And then they came out with, you know, years later, then they came out with what dreams may come. And I'm like, you know what? So funny. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I was like, they've, they visually hit so much of what was in my head as a kid mm-hmm. for what, if I was going to make a movie about heaven and hell, they've hit on some of the stuff, you know, that the scenes in particular with like the, you know, the, the people's faces buried in the ground as he's like walking through and I think, hell, I think yeah. he, he yeah. like sees his dad Stepping there. Or yeah, something. Yeah. Right. Yep. And yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I'm like, you know what, they've, that pretty much hit what I was thinking. And this movie, even if it does fall short in some areas, and Pat, you know, as we were watching it, my wife and I, you know, we had the same kind of the, you know, we'll, we'll talk back to the movies, especially if we're like, what, you guys are being so stupid. So we had, you know, some of the same reactions you did, but we would kind of talk it out as we're watching. Like, I, I wouldn't do that. That's a, that's a pretty dumb decision. Like, nope, don't. Uh-uh. But the, the pieces where I do appreciate it are the, like you said, Dennis, I can't think of, especially in 1990, I can't think of another movie who tried to tackle a topic like this. You know, you've done, you've had in the 80s and 90s, you've had a lot of sci-fi. You've had a lot of action. You've had a lot of, even a lot of horror movies. Um, You know, you're you're starting in the late 80s and early 90s, you're starting to get a lot of Westerns. So you've pretty much covered all the different major genres of movies. And the closest thing where I think they could have taken a, a little bit of a cue from some of the 80s horror movies is maybe if they were to take something like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, they, they started getting funny at, mm-hmm. after a certain point. But that idea, you know, this movie is perfect for what is each person's individual, you know, in those movies, it's what is in, each person's individual nightmare They're going fair. to look like. And it can be very distinctive and very, you know, terrifying for, you could hit all the different demographics in your audience by saying, well, okay, if you're terrified of spiders, you know, here's your nightmare. If you're terrified of um, you know, people with freakishly long arms, you know, here's your nightmare and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it just, that for me is, is where it kind of falls apart. Like for me, pretty much everything else works. Um, obviously I, I don't, as human beings, I don't agree with the choices that they're making. And at Pat, I think you and I are probably on the same page with that one. As I'm looking at that, I'm going, you know, if this were, if this were real life and this were me, I'd be backing away as fast as I could. There'd be no way I would ever be a part of this experiment. Um, you know, am I curious about what happens after we die? Absolutely. Do I need to, uh, test that out? Nope. <laughs> there will be a time and a place. We're all going to find out. So it's, I'm going to find out eventually. So, or not, but, uh, I, I believe I'm going to find out eventually. So I'll just wait for that to happen. I don't need to hasten that, uh, any further. I'm, I'm quite happy where I am right now. And when, when the time comes, the time will come. But because like you said, you express the curiosity of it. That's where the intrigue of the movie comes in is because, mm-hmm even if we're not willing to go there, it's kind of like, well, okay, but I'll watch him do it. Right. You know, so you kind of live a little bit vicariously through the other person taking the risk to see what that's like. So I think that's where it does kind of work because it's like, yeah, I'd be kind of curious. I would, like you said, I wouldn't do that, but you can, you can go ahead and give it a shot and tell me what it was, <laughs> right. you know, so it's that kind of um, feeling. 
the the comparison with Nightmare, and, and I know that, Pat, I think some of your, I don't know if the criticisms were the locations a little bit of where they're setting this stuff up. And, and, and I, oh, and no, I, I don't mind it. I just said it was, I didn't mind it. I just said it was humorous. What, what was that? Like an odd choice or no? No, or, I just said it was kind of humorous that they've got like okay. a hospital set up in an old church. You know, okay. like that's kind of yeah. what it looked like. Not their experiment, because they were going somewhere off with the air experiment, but wherever they were going for class with the guard, I mean, it looked like, it was like, you know, med school at Hogwarts Academy for the well, school. Well, I of, think it was, I think and this is a film thing, but and Dennis can tell me if I'm crazy. I think they were trying to evoke the feeling of an old school operating theater from way back. Way back then, yeah, yeah. And where that was what they looked like. They really to do something because no, no one else would approve this. You right, can't set they this were in, circular in a, in a rooms college and, lab or something. You couldn't set this in a, you know, medical facility because no one would let this happen, you know, like had to do this kind of undercover almost a little bit of like going to the cave and dead poet society um sort of feel to it and and i think that it also then sets up a big part what you guys have already touched on which is the use of color in this film you know and and how they use color and how they use the different realities in different places and different in different experiences of, of of for the viewer where when you mentioned nightmare on elm street um john the great thing about that was you had these different nightmares and places, but you didn't know that it was a nightmare until, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. the whole cell there is almost the opposite. Like you couldn't use color in different ways or do things because you didn't want to convey that to the audience. You want the audience to not know whether this was really a nightmare or not a nightmare. Like you didn't want to know. You want to blur that line so strong that you're, you, you believe it's reality, but then it's, you know, it's not. And then, so this one, I think it, it basically gave us, you know, with the different lighting of different colors and warmer colors and cooler colors, it gave you that feeling. And I, I, another movie I thought before you said Nightmare on Elm Street, I was just thinking you seen color, even though it was more subtle, but uh, the movie Traffic with, um, mm. like when you go to Mexico and it's it's always, yes. the Mexican scene is like in that tinged orange type of sort of, and it's just, it creates this weird, and there's a very cold, very cold throughout that whole entire movie, even when they're, you know, in, in America, back in America, there's a slight desaturation that's happened in that movie that gives you an uneasy feeling. And I think using that color um, is, again, an intriguing, and I think that's what I, you know, that, that experience becomes, again, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm giving you a thumbs up for the try. Good effort, you know, good, good attempt here. Even though it didn't work perfectly, I appreciate the effort. That kind of, that's probably what some of my feeling on it. We thought the other thing we thought was kind of interesting about this when Sharon and I were watching it was the fact that they filmed using, um, Bo, did you say it was St. Mary of the Lake was the yeah, name of the, yeah. Sure yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that they would approve the filming in a, you know, a, a very religious location with this subject matter. Subject matter, matter yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah. I, that, and I, and I didn't really, I didn't find too much of anything in any of the like backstories or, or making of or anything like that to say, whether or not you know anybody opposed of the movie after they after they gave approval for them to film on these locations, but um, that was just another thing that we we kind of thought was interesting was it seemed you know given some of the things you sometimes hear about well you know we don't want this filmed on this location because we don't want to be connected with you know that movie and and the subject matter that's in that movie and and then for it to use these very you know religious locations. Yeah, I think uh, that that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah. I wonder if back then they just paid them enough money and they said, okay. Do you have a favorite scene in the movie? Even if you didn't necessarily care for the movie as a whole, are there scenes in the movie, and maybe not favorite scene, You let's go either favorite scene or is there a scene that really stuck with you? Maybe maybe we say, say it that way. Is there a scene that stuck with you in this movie? 
David Kevin Bacon's dream sequence. And again, when he's on the when he's on the L train, that shot moving down the tracks of them just before they hit the subway tunnel. You know, something about the way they shot it. I think I'm not sure, but I think they used some uh, speed trick there to make it look just off a bit. Because um, you know, it's one of those things. Like I've seen that. Like that 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 dip exists. Like that's a thing that I know, but it still looked and felt foreign and odd and and his whole dream sequence i think was kind of um something that stood out in the end with the the yelling at him from the other side of the train and then that whole thing i think the for me i think the visuals really worked i think um like i said i related it right back to uh, lost boys all of a sudden and then i saw that the same guy did it and it just it, it had that gothic look to it where everything you know um, kind of had this kind of like dark kind of connotation to it, sinister kind of connotation to it. Um, or maybe not, maybe sinister is the wrong term, but it, it, it just, it had a real unique set, you know? Um, I like some of the way, and again, I don't know exactly what it is, but I like some of the, the camera shots where it would just freeze and they would all be sitting there. They'd be driving in the car, right? And they'd be driving in the car all together and everyone would just be kind of like in place just so you could kind of like like look at each character and like one was driving and, you know, had the thousand yard stare. They're, they're just, you know, looking ahead. The other person is looking off into something else. The other person is, you know, like covered in the blanket and trying to recover. And they had a number of those scenes were out where you could just sit there and kind of like soak it all up, just kind of, you know, the, the picture is worth a thousand words kind of thing. Uh, this movie had a lot of them. And so I, I really thought that was pretty cool. Um, I, I think it was, it seemed to be really well, I don't know how you'd say it, cut and edited and put together. And I mean, it, 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 it flowed really well from the dream sequences to the, whatever the daydreaming stuff that would happen to the real to, you know, I mean, it really, um, it, it had a, it had a nice feel to it. I, I don't know if that's the right term, but any of those visuals, it was just, you know, you could just sit there and just, it was like looking at a picture, you know, and they, they were, and he was good enough just letting that scene, whatever that was, there wasn't a lot of action. They would just be sitting there and you, you could just like, just kind of let it all sink in, you know, whatever their emotions were. I think that's what, what was doing the sinking in. Yeah. I say, uh, same thing for me. I think, I don't know that I can pinpoint a particular scene, and say, you know, that was my favorite scene or that scene really stuck with me. Um, but again, it, it's, as, as I've said several times, and Pat, as you said, it's kind of the visuals. It's the, you know, the, that opening scene is, is very jarring. You know, it's got, it, it almost has that kind of otherworldly, almost nightmarish sense, you know, when you've got like the, I feel like there were like red light borders around some of the doorways and things like, it really, you know, to come back to, um, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street or even, you uh, uh, one of those that I might be thinking of might be um, Hellraiser might even, you know, had some similar kind of look and feel to it. Um, but that kind of like nightmarish, you know, you're not immediately in this movie after you get the part where, you know, you see Kiefer Sutherland out there on the, on the shoreline saying it is a good day to die. Um, then you end up in the hospital and, and already you've got, you know, people coming in for, for the ER and, and you're like, where, like, what year are we? Like, what time is this? What year is this? What am I in some kind of like a, uh, sci-fi world or, or, or what's going on here. And, and I think just that those jarring visuals. And I, I think just that was probably one of my favorite parts is 
just the different locations. Like I always enjoyed when they were, when they're in the operating theater, when they're, when they're in the, uh, you know, they're in that room and their teacher is walking them through the, uh, you know, the activity for the day and, and running through what the, uh, what the grading curve will be and, and all that other stuff. I think just those different locations, that's what stuck with me. Um, you know, and, and, and then also some of the times when they start to go through some of their kind of nightmare, uh, images when they're, when their quote unquote sins are coming after them. Uh, you have some of those scenes where you, and I, I, I even, um, like where one of the first times Billy Mahoney shows up to kind of torment, um, Nelson. And I remember even coming to my wife, I was like, you know, whoever, whoever went out to scout locations for this movie had a really fun time. Cause these are, there are some fun locations in this movie. Like, and I remember doing that in college when I, at the time I was like, you know, I know I'm going to be an English teacher or a journalist, but, um, I had like in the back of my mind, I was like, well, what if I, what if I could like save up and just get like a really nice video camera and just make my own like short little movies. And I would just drive around town sometimes when I was done taking classes or done with my homework or whatever, I'd get in my car and I just drive around town and every once in a while I'd stop and be like, you know what, this, this, this viaduct like this thing over here, like that would be a cool shot if you were going to do like a, you know, somebody needed like a, a passageway with like these column type things like this, this overpass, like you just, that's kind of cool. Cause it doesn't look like any other, uh, you know, any other kind of like tunnel I've ever seen before. And, and I try to find stuff like that. And I kind of feel like whoever scouted the locations for this movie was doing the same thing. So I'm not, I'm, I can't go with a particular scene. I'm just going to go overall with kind of the settings and the, the look and the feel of the whole thing. Yeah. You could still do that, go mm-hmm. around and you know. It's the cool thing about the technology nowadays. It's like, and I, and and that's why. And again, I don't know. I'm 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 not picking on you, Pat. When I say this, I'm just saying, I think y'all, a lot of these podcasts and all those people out there listening to it, and then people who comment and stuff. It's like everybody comes through a certain filter with films, and it's really interesting. That's why I think it, films are interesting to talk about, is because some people see them as the viewer only. And other people experience it through a lens of what they might want to do or they're directing or how they would have done something different. And I admit, I do the same thing. I drive around different places nowadays and I'll just see some place. I'm like, now that would be a good location for this to happen. Or that barn right there creeps me out. That would be great to have a scene where maybe this happened there and, you know, in the, or this building or, you know, like architecture, different stuff can trigger that where you're like, this would be a really good, you know, you start having these ideas. I mean, just driving out to Northern Illinois, I remember I had this idea you know, like, like driving out to Northern Illinois to pick up transcripts years ago and you're driving the back roads and you're out there and you're just kind of by yourself, windows down. And all of a sudden you start seeing things, people along the side of the roads and you start thinking films, you know, and, and screenplays. And I don't know if everybody has that experience. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, it sounds like Pat, you don't really necessarily go there, but I'm guessing like John, maybe Bo, like you sometimes have those like kind of moments of like, you know, that would be a really cool thing for this to, oh, I should make this movie or that movie or, um, but for me, the scene, picking out a scene for me would have been uh, like, again, I haven't seen it as recently as you guys, but if you, the one I can't necessarily answer a favorite scene, but a scene that still I can remember and sticks out is the, uh, the, I, I, um, the Kevin Bacon, the bully, the bully scene with the girl mm-hmm. where she just start like is going at him and saying all the things. Like I remember her kind of confronting him with the bullying thing and just, and he's like trying to really, you know, I have a, a memory of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was a train. Was it a train? Was she on a train mm-hmm. or in a train station or something like that or whatever? Yeah, I remember that was, it's just like, that was the first time you see her. Something with, that's that's like my memory of it. So, you know, when I see that, it'll totally. be interesting. That's, that's a scene that sticks or just stuck with me. Yeah. And oddly enough, I cannot remember the end of the movie. The very ending, like exactly how it ends. I remember vaguely, but I don't remember the ending. So you guys don't have to say anything because, you know, like if you say it, it's fine. I'm not worried about it. But 
because I've seen it. I just it's weird that I don't completely remember the exact ending, but I, I remember that scene. I think I think the ending of the if I'm trying I'm trying to remember it, it. It really hasn't been that long since I watched it. Um, I think the end of the movie is when they revive him, when they bring mm-hmm. him back, and I think he says something like, "Maybe it wasn't such a good day to die." And then I think it, I kind of feel like it just kind of pans out from there and you just see them standing there and then it pans out to the outside. And then I think it pulls away from the shoreline. And if I remember well, for the right, longest I, I think time they linger on the artwork on the back mm-hmm. walls right. of the operating theater or whatever they're in. And that's why I keep meaning to come back because I'd love to try to figure out what those pieces of art are. I can't just, I can't tell if that's a location or if that's a soundstage. Mm-hmm. I think it's a soundstage. I think that artwork is there on purpose. I just don't know the art well enough to know what it means. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I didn't find anything on IMDb about it, but I feel like there's more purpose to that. The way they linger on it on those last few shots, there's you know, it's one of those like we spent a lot of time on this. You should be paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> but I wasn't. All right. Well, I think we've got about uh, got some three questions here that we're going to jump into. So let's go ahead and jump into our three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. And our next category is cheaters. And the, Okay. Um, kind of looking forward to doing that movie at some point. I was going to say, is it just me or is it every time you play that, even though I've heard this, uh, you know, how many times when you, when you have that, that quote from, um, you know, the, the, we're all dumber from here. I, mm-hmm. I have to smile. I, I just chuckle. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I don't know why. I just, I've heard it. I know it's coming. It's just. For as many times. And, and when I was, you know, for this year, cause since we we're moving into the nineties for this year, I was like, you know, we've used that one for such a long time. Do I want to change it up? Cause every once in a while I'll change up some of the movie quotes we use for the different, um, you know, the intro and the three questions in it. And I got to that one. I was just like, no, because now, you know, editing these episodes, listening to these episodes, I'm like, I, I must've heard that quote. Now I don't even know how many hundreds of times at this point, And I smile every single time. Yep. So I'm, I'm, you I'm take gonna, it out. It'll, it'll be a, it'll be a hole. I know. Right. On your office right. wall, but you know, if you did, your boss would tell you to take it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I have a spot in my office where I can I, I can hang things up where only I can see them. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, question number one: If you could guarantee, I I could just about guarantee I know some of the answers to this one. If you could guarantee no negative consequences, would you go through with this near death ex- uh, procedure? My answer is a very emphatic no. I would not even even if there were no like nightmare consequences, and I I, I would not do it. I'm not that curious. Curious, but not that curious. I'd take a pass for sure. I'm not. Okay. Dennis, I feel like you'd do it. I, you know what? And here's my answer on that. If you were to ask me that 20 years ago, I would have said no. Mm-hmm. If you ask me that as you as as I get older, I think that I would. If I had no, if I had a guarantee, if you're telling me there's no guarantee, mm-hmm. experience it. I'm thinking I probably would at this point. Okay. 
Guaranteed. Yeah, like guaranteed. It's a sense of adventure, whether it's a sense of figuring something out, whether, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like guaranteed. So guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed that you could be revived. So like, that's not a question. You could be brought back and guaranteed that like nothing is going to follow you and torment you. And, you know, just, just going through this procedure to see what, if anything is on the other side and then knowing that you are guaranteed to be able to come back. Well, it's, I mean, and, and I guess, and I, and I don't know, I know I'm, I'd be curious to see what your reasons for saying no are, and I don't know if those are tied in with religious, anything religious or anything, but um, for me, I think also it would be really interesting to see, it's not even just, there's, yes, that sense of curious and adventure of what really lies behind, you know, beyond, but at the same time, I think maybe it's because of having seen this movie, it's like, what if there's somebody in my past that I can't think of that I might've said or done something that I am totally unaware of? that had such an impact on the maybe negatively, whatever it was. And if I were able to go back and see that, then you can seek out, like I said, to make something right that you had no knowledge of that was even wrong. That would be an interesting thing. Like, I don't know, you know, like, you know, I, I would like to say I lived my life knowing that, that I haven't, you know, you know where you've done this or where you've done that and, 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 and you could seek forgiveness for yourself or, or through those or with those people or those type of things. But I don't have anything major but you don't know what your actions might've been to somebody else. Maybe it was something that you didn't do and somebody wanted you to do, you know, I don't know, like it can go into a whole thing. So I think that would be an interesting thing of like, for me, of if I, if I had time on this earth and I can go back somehow and see that through this process of what lies behind, somehow I have the ability to, to see that. Uh, would I do that? I, I think I probably would be able to right some wrongs before, you know, if that were the experience, the experience might not be what it is, but based on the movie, your mindset is already that, that you're going to kind of see some of those things. But I don't think I have any moral ob- um, objection to it at this point. Okay. Yeah, I think part of my reason for saying no is, as you said, it's, it's part of, you know, part of religious belief in that. You're playing God. You know, yeah, I mean, that's part of it. And, you know, really, as as part of my belief, I'm not really... How do I want to say this? I'm not really curious. Like, I, I feel like based on my belief, I'm confident that, you know, I, I have an understanding of what I think is on the other side of this life. So I'm not sure, like, I, because of that, I don't think I have a curiosity. Like, I, I, I have a firm belief that, you know, this, I believe that I know what's on the other side. You know, and, yeah, I don't think... Is there any fear tied into that to that answer, that response? Like what I mean by fear is some people like like when you like because it's it comes down to a question of faith, I think, to a certain degree for a lot of people, especially with a, with with a religious response. Is it feel like that it's fearful to question that faith? You get what I'm saying? No. Does it come from that point of like you know, like, like part of, and again, I've, you know, Catholic and grown up through, you know, Catholic school my whole life. And, and, and I've pondered many of this stuff for many years and decades. And, and I'm just throwing that out there. But I think at one point, I remember it was like, I was, a, I would say that early on, I was often afraid to doubt or question something that it would be offensive to God or, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like something like that. Mm-hmm. So by, if my faith is, I believe without seeing, but now you're giving me the chance to see is it a betrayal of my faith to want to, am I doubting Thomas now? Am I going to, am I putting the finger in the hole, you know, in the nail hole, you know, I don't know. Like, does that tie into anything? Um, no, not for me. I don't think so. Same as you. I think if you had asked me this question, you know, years ago, I probably would have said yes. 
I probably said, well, we just, we don't, we don't question those kind of things. Let's just say we don't, you know, stay away from that 40 foot pole. I'm not touching that. Um, but I think, I think I'm, I'm at a point now where I just, I say that because no, I, I feel that I'm, I feel that I'm, you know, firm and confident in what I believe that I just don't have that curiosity. Like, it's just not something that it doesn't really enter into my mind. Um, yeah, I guess I don't. I don't know. I, my, my, one of my first responses was going to be, I don't know. I just don't see the point. Um, I mean, I understand. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I don't fault anybody for saying, well, I'm, I'm really curious. I would love to know. I'd love to do this to be able to find out. Like, I don't, I don't fault anybody for that, but I just don't, there's nowhere in my mind that kind of enters into that. Hey, I'd really like to go through, through this experience so that I can, I can take what I believe in and really see it for real. Like I, I want to be a hundred percent confirmed that this is here. I, that, desire or that drive is just not i don't know that's just not i have there. a quick technical question this was the idea was you can do this with no negative consequences yes right so you're, so you're guaranteed that, you're guaranteed that you'll be revived and come back and none of your you know none, none of your sins like what happened in the movie none of your sins will come back to haunt you in in the real world but then i'm just going to say and i'm and i'm not trying to cause shenanigans cause shenanigans on anything but then are you still going to get that soul searching questioning if none of your sins are coming back to you? Mm-hmm. Well, do, do you see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, right. So could you select well, like, okay, I mean, I'm going to, if you, you want, know, if you want your sins to follow you and chase you, then sure you can. You because can wasn't that the idea well, that, that the sins, it was the suffering that caused the mm-hmm. illumination. Yeah. I, so, we, I can, mean, hey, I, we, we can total recall it and you can choose whatever option you want, you know? Okay. So like you could take the, I'm getting revived, but my sins are coming with me. Sure. I'm getting revived. Nothing's coming back. Mm-hmm. All right. And I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk about that, but, oh, but no. just in listening to Dennis's response and, you know, if there was no, you know, what the. Well, and if you, I guess part of that could be too, if you had the, if you went through the procedure and you had the near death experience, I guess part of that could be, well, what if you went through a near death experience that gave you the same level of understanding or the same level of being able to wrestle with those questions without having to be tormented by, you know, you're, you're being physically attacked by your sins. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no horror aspect to this. That's, that's Got where it. the, uh, that's what I'm trying to say kind of with the negative consequences gotcha. piece is there's no horror aspect to this. You could, you could face those questions. Like Dennis, like you said, if there's somebody you had wronged that you didn't even know about, you know, that you could face that by going through this procedure, but not be like, you know, they don't show up and beat you with a hockey stick. No, you're just aware of it. You just right. somehow get a, 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 um, a reflection of your life and what you do, like a, a, a life observed or, you know, right. Right. Assessment of your life and like, okay, these are the, you know, and here's some things that you may be affected people. But I don't know. Like, I don't know where your conscience would take or where, where your body, where, spirit soul would take you you know it's interesting to and, and again filtering this question through the movie flatliners leads to that direction mm-hmm. um as far as like what the experience might be but i think it would be yeah i i and, and, and i'd be curious to see like did you get any responses from people yet on that one too i mean i don't know i i'd be because um, I, I i initially thought that if i were younger that you know, you might, I, I thought there was two schools of thought that you might see, which is when you're younger, you're more daring. So you'd want to be like, find out what this is and what's, what's there. And then as you got older, you'd be like, you know what? I'm at peace. I'm content. I have faith. I believe, and I'm so close. It's going to happen anyway. I'm just going to, I don't need to know anymore. Like there's that school of thought. And then I've just ex- expressed the opposite where early on, 
probably because of almost a fear of maybe, you know, playing God at that point. Um, and as I've grown older, now I'm thinking, you know, curiosity in this case would be an interesting thing to see. Um, you know, especially having lost people too. I think that's another factor. Like has death touched you? Has death been around you? Have you lost people? Is it something that, would you get to see them? You know, and that's a temptation in the fact that if you took this journey and went there, would you be able to see again a loved one that you haven't seen for years, you know, in this physical realm? Um, if there's no negative consequences and I get to see them and talk to them or, you know, whatever, tell them something maybe I didn't get to tell you. I don't know. So I think that becomes a temptation piece. And, and then there's, you know, people can question whether they're fit. Has anybody seen or read the book uh, Grief Observed? C.S. Lewis? So I did like after my first brother, and I remember there, not, yeah. there's, there's a quote that like, and again, when I'm talking about the fear part of, of like knowing or not knowing and being at peace with, I mean, that's awesome that, you know, if you're in that place of that, it was about the rope. There was always the metaphor for the rope and it was, uh, you never know how, I'm just going to read it really quick. I know we're getting the philosophical stuff here, but you never know how much you really believe anything until it's truth or falsehood becomes a matter of life and death to you. It's easy to say you believe a rope to be strong and sound as long as you're merely using it to cord a box. But suppose you had to hang by that rope over a precipice. Wouldn't you first discover how much you really trusted it? It was just kind of that, you know, like the curiosity of like, you know, you believe what's going to happen after. But if you had a chance, <laughs> you know, I don't know, would you want to test it? Would you want to see like, I, and again, I'm just, I'm not saying that's 100% of where I'm coming from, but it made me think of that quote. So I had to look it up here because I remember thinking that with my brothers and things like that as we lost, you know, a number of family members. It was like, I believed that they're in a better place. And, but, you know, when it happens to you, it's like, there's that little bit of, you know, I'd like to know for sure, though, that they're good, you know, and, and again, and, and I think everybody goes to, and, and I've been in different places, but I remember experiencing that back in my uh, early 30s. Pat, what about you? I think you're, I, if I were to guess, I'd, I'd say, you know, you're, you're probably firmly on the no end. Yeah, I, I will not be flatlining. I will not be flatlining. And I think when you get into these questions, I mean, I mean, I'm the first one to say, hey, let's talk about Commando. Awesome. But I mean, how cool is it? Like, how many movies do we get a chance to have this kind of a discussion from? And I think that points to the the, the greatness of this the film, you know, introducing this question. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you, can, you can talk about, you know, well, they could have done this and they could have done that. And they could have done the other thing. And, um, but I think like a movie that provokes an emotional response and makes you think, I think is, is that's pretty powerful. And so I think that's, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I, I will not be uh, flatlining and I, I, I want to be careful in my answer because I think it, it would be a personal choice. And I, I want to be careful because I don't want it to be interpreted by you guys or the listening audience of, Oh, well, there goes Canigallo and I'm, I'm questioning someone else's choice or thoughts or beliefs or whatnot. And I just don't, I just, you know, I think John mentioned or someone mentioned, you know, you don't see the point. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't feel the need to do that. You know, um, my, my faith is tested in many other ways on this contingent world here. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't need to go and say, oh, well, I wonder, I wonder what happens. I, I just, let me just find out. I, I, I don't feel the need, um, to do that. And it's interesting because, you know, in comparison, in comparing this movie, you guys, uh, you know, mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street. I almost found myself 
comparing it with uh, uh, the Final Frontier, Star Trek V. And, you know, it, there was that question in there about dealing with the pain. And I think when we reviewed that movie, it was like, man, that, that's a pretty, that's a possibly deep concept. Like, wow, too bad that they really didn't explore that deep concept and all that kind of thing. And I kind of just, I kind of think of that with this is that that's kind of what they're experiencing is like, man, where they went wrong in their life and now they've got to make amends for it. And I guess, I guess I'm the, I guess I'm on, I I guess I'm the Captain Kirk response to it when he sits there and just says, you know, I don't need someone to show me this, that to tell me where I went wrong. Like I know where I went wrong. I mean, I, I know where I messed up and that's, who makes you who you are. And so I guess I kind of, I kind of think that that's, that's the, the point of life is, you know, you're supposed to be constantly reflecting and constantly thinking it through. And, you know, to go back a week and quote my matrix quote from the 300th episode of, you know, like, uh, you know, know thyself is that's, that's kind of what you've got to, that's kind of what you've got to do. And I mean, there might be some, oh man, I bullied a kid and it was long lost that I didn't think about. Well, okay, somehow those experiences got me to this point in my life. Like life, that point of life is to figure out why. And so I don't, I would, I personally would see that kind of as like a, a, a shortcut. I'm not, I'm not sure what that would show that would change the outlook on that. I mean, that's something that takes years of thought and you know, uh, penance if you did something wrong and, you know, soul searching to know what you're supposed to be and where do you fit in in the world and what you should be doing. And then as far as the part that kind of got me angry about this is, you know, you've got these four or five young doctors. I mean, they were all medical school students and, you know, they didn't have to go, you know, advance on a beachhead, you know, under heavy fire. They didn't have to go fight a fire. They didn't have to go, you know, be on the front lines of a pandemic. And it's like, then their mission should be, you know, they're going after this experiment for whatever. And it almost becomes the, and that's what I was making the joke. Like, well, dude, I'm going to like, I'm going under for four minutes. I'm going under for five. Well, how about five and a half? It's like, yeah, you know what, maybe you should be kind of given back in this world. Like maybe like you're going to be a doctor. I mean, there has some pretty powerful, you know, you got, you got the, you got the ability to do some good in this world. So what are you going to do with that? And doing those experiments and trying that, I just, I, I mean, you know, you, you've got, you got to write, you, you got the responsibility in this world to bring some good. And I, I just see that as kind of going down a path of why, why are you doing that? Like, Go volunteer with Doctors Without Borders. Go volunteer for the Peace Corps. Go work on the front lines of a pandemic. I, so I'm getting preachy, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry, listening audience. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm just going to end by saying I'm not holier than thou. I'm sitting here for the rest of my entire life. I'm like, am I doing this? Like, am I, am I giving back as much as I should? Like, did I blow it somewhere? And do I got? Do I have to make amends? Am I like where? But that's the point. We should be constantly questioning that, and some you know, killing yourself for five minutes to find out, you know, what's at the end, what's, what's with the light at the end of the tunnel doesn't seem like an avenue that would be beneficial to me. Now, I'm not questioning, I'm not judging. If someone else finds it beneficial, more power to you. I you think know. it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, 
deep question or, or like, or it has many different layers to it. And again, mm -hmm. and you could answer that the spirit of the question could be in two different ways. One, if you're asking the spirit of the question of, would you flatline based on the experience that these guys had in the movie, then you're going to this whole past thing. And I agree with you say what you're saying, you know, like you, you should be self-reflecting yourself. You shouldn't have to go into that type of realm to, to figure out if you really impacted somebody. Um, if you're constantly self-reflecting and, 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 and going through that uh, thought process. I think though, as doctors, and, and I get, yeah, they should be helping out and doing other things. But at the same time, I think it would be, I think you can't deny that that has probably been one of the biggest questions of all time for so many people, human beings, spiritual, not spiritual, religious, is what happens when we die? Because you even see it on interviews all over the place with people. You know, I've seen so many TV shows where somebody goes, what happens? And Kino Reeves has a good one. You know, like go look up Kino Reeves. Uh, he was on um, Fallon or somebody, and they asked him that question: "What do you think happens when we die?" And it was on uh, Stephen Stephen Colbert, and he asked him. I'll, I'll send you the link to it. You know, and he has a simple answer, but um, it's an it's a question that from we've always wondered. You know, so I think to to, to just kind of necessarily discredit it as a kind of a trivial question. It's a big question. What what does happen when we die? People are always wondering that and asking what happens when this life is over. Um, so I think that for medical students who are going to see people, if they're going to see people die, it might add some comfort to them that they know that this happens or this happens or whatever they discover. So I could see them trying to maybe be perplexed by that, that question of what happens when I lose a patient, you know, um, what does happen? Well, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not dismissing the question of what happens is trivial. I, I, I'm not dismissing that as tri trivial, but I just don't see that within the parameters of what we watched of the film. I, no. I yeah, and that's what I'm right. saying. There's two spirits of this question. One is any kind of more fun, like not fun, but like, hey, here's flatline entertainment. Yeah, and, and well, and what the experience of that flatlining experience was in their movie. And then there's the chance of if you could experience death without being a, you know, without where you definitely could come back, and there'd be no negative repercussions. Would you? And that's where that spirit takes a hold. That that's where I answer more to also the yes that I would. Because I know, you know, and I don't know about Bo, you know, like what you've, in, in terms of loss, and I, I don't want to pry at any point, but I know that we have all, John, Pat, we've all experienced loss um, to people very dear and close to us. And I always think, I guess I would phrase that question again to John is if, and Pat, and all of you, if, if you could go back, so let's forget about the movie Flatliners. If you could go and experience that, and possibly see or connect or reconnect in a, in a different way than we do every day through prayer and thought and everything else with, but in a little bit more of a, I guess a somewhat physical sense, it's not really physical, but it would feel like more physical. If you could see a loved one again and say something to them by going through that experience, would you not pass that up or would you pass that up? Uh, so if I could go and flatline, yeah. go through that process, and now it's not about the movie, and it's not about mm -hmm. seeing past traumas or hurts, but literally I could go and I could actually see my three brothers and my dad, would I do that? I think I would. I would not. Um, I still would choose not to because, <clears throat> and I think it, it it goes back to, again, kind of the, you know, your belief about what is it that happens after we, you know, officially die, you know, the, the, the final time, okay, if you had the opportunity to to go back temporarily. Um, I think I would still say no, because I think that I already have it in my own beliefs. I already have an understanding that I'm going to see these people again at some point. Um, and then from that point on there, there's an eternity together and just kind of putting that in perspective, there's nothing that I don't feel with any of the family that I've had pass away 
I don't know that I feel, I mean, are there things that I wish I could still say to my dad? Sure. Um, but you know, he, he knows how I felt about him. I know how he felt about me. So I don't feel like there's anything that's left unsaid. Um, if someone were in a different spot where something happened very suddenly and you didn't have a chance to say goodbye or you regretted that's, things, yeah, no closure. you know, that I could understand. And, and, and obviously, you know, whatever somebody's decision was, I, I wouldn't fault them for it if they felt that way. But for me personally, I, I have a belief that when it's my time to go, I'm, I'm ultimately going to see my grandparents. I'm going to see my dad again. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's going to be there for an eternity. So would I want to have some temporary, um, you know, fleeting, you know, I, I get, you know, five, 10 minutes, half hour, one day, whatever. Um, and then I got to come back here and then wait out the rest of my years or however long it is until I see them again for eternity. No, probably not. Like that's, that, that's not something that I don't see that as being necessary. I, I feel like that's going to come and it'll come when it needs to come. And that's, that's, that's how I view that is that it doesn't, that's not something that drives me. Would I love to see him again? Sure. Would I love to talk to him again? Absolutely. Every day. But um, if that were the way to go about doing it, I think I would say, no, I just, because I, I feel like, you know, if you get into that type of situation, would I then, would I then be in a spot where I'd have to be like, well, but do I ever want this to end? And if I, if I got to go back to the people who are still alive, then yes, this has to end. And then, you know, I, I'd rather just wait for it to be more of a permanent thing. For me, it's more, it's simpler than that. I, I think I just, it goes into what John said a little bit. Like, I, I'm not in a hurry to find out. I'll find out eventually. It's just not something I hmm. have an itch to do. But that is, that is kind of the interesting thing about this movie is as you were talking about that, in terms of the movie, I think that that gets to a point where that's not even the message of the movie anymore. It's not even about the, the afterlife piece of it. It's you've got these doctors who are playing God, who are acting like rock stars, and it becomes more about their egos. But then mm -hmm. the, if the movie's teaching a lesson, it's, hey, this is more about how you live your life now. Like, don't worry so much. If you're a jerk in this life, don't worry so much about your afterlife. I mean, you'll you get what's coming to you, but maybe be a little bit more concerned with how you treat people in the here and now and not so much trying to find out what happens after all this. Um, at least that's what I kind of came away with. It was, mm -hmm. is that's, you know, let's, you're, you're maybe focusing on the wrong thing if that's where your focus is and, and not that in the part of the story where they are, the doctors trying to push the boundaries and trying to understand the science of it. Um, you know, that part, that part I understand. And that part, that part, I, what popped into my mind as I was watching the movie was the line from Jurassic Park. Uh, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Um, you know, and, and I kept thinking about that as the movie went on. I'm like, you guys are just like, just let's, let's push, let's push for the sake of science and for the sake of, we want to discover this for, um, you know, for medicine and for the human race. And, I, and then it just so quickly went into, well, I want to be the one to discover this. Like, I want to be the surgeon that figure this out, figures this out, and it's it's going to be me. I'm going to, and then that's, I think that's where you get into the, you know, almost the competition of it, of the, I'm going to go four minutes. I'm going to go five minutes in that whole thing. Um, but I think it just kind of comes down to, and, and that was probably my takeaway, even if this wasn't the lesson of the movie was, you know, I'm, I'm more concerned with how I am living in the here and now. The rest of it, it'll take care of itself. You know, I mean, we're, we're talking on a, on a variety of, of levels here. And, uh, you know, I keep re relating back to the movie and what was portrayed in the movie compelling. Um, and yeah, I mean, if they had, if, if the whole thing, I mean, I might even like 
come around a little bit on what they're trying to do if they're like, look, we got to understand where our patients are coming from. So we're going to try this to better understand our patients. Like I, I could understand that. And I'm, I'm just kind of working off the movie and a lot of my responses and what I see, um, you know, with the movie, I, um, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I've heard everyone's thoughts on potentially seeing, uh, uh, people that we've lost and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I have my own beliefs on, on that. And I'm, I'm treading lightly because I know that it's a, uh, potentially, if not, it, it is an emotional subject for people. So I want to be careful because, you know, you, you, you say a contrary thing and I don't want anyone to interpret that that's a judgment or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely, a it's definitely, a you know, a deep question and they present some pretty interesting concepts in this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, on the social media side of things, uh, the only two responses that we got, I think that they probably misread the question um, because the, the question was, would you go through, if you had no negative consequences, would you go through this near-death procedure? And I think that because the responses we got were from Jason, one of the hosts of the uh, Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast, and one of the other Oklahoma folks, Tristan, um, and Jason's response was, no negative consequences? I'd rob a bank under those conditions. Sure, mark me down. <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, that, that's not exactly what the question was getting to. No, we've had this like 45-minute deep philosophical discussion. Uh, and, and there's Jason. He's robbing a bank. So, uh, And then Tristan replied to him, and he said, well, I'd rob Jason Colvin on his way home from the bank. So, <laughs> Have him do the work, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, question number These are a foot in Oklahoma. I, apparently. I, you, got, you got to be careful there. Just reiterating what Pat said. Yeah, like you said, you know, you get into, for some of that, it can be pretty deep emotional or you get into some of the mm-hmm. spiritual aspects of the things and people's moral beliefs, spiritual beliefs, religious beliefs. And, and, and definitely, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pondering and, you know, but I, I definitely respect oh, all yeah, your opinions. I and, 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 I, and I think I've shared all of yours at, at some point in my life. And um, like I said, it's, a, it's always an interesting journey. And when you ask a question like that at a different age, it's, you know, it's interesting. Interesting to see the different responses as we all grow and evolve and change too. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, and I, I think Dennis, I don't know if it was you or I don't know if somebody else had said it, but I think it's interesting how we can we can watch a movie that some people can like. You could you could throw it away as a all right. So it's kind of a maybe like a '90s cult classic movie, and you know, I didn't do great when it came out, and it's you know, it's I've seen some people call Flatliners oh, it's a mediocre movie, and and you know, people just it's a cult classic that was a mediocre movie. And yet the thing I appreciate about it is it's a movie that can bring us into like a 45 minute discussion philosophically on life and death. And, you know, Pat, I think you mentioned it too. You're like, I don't really care for the movie, but the fact that we can, you know, use a movie as a platform to, you know, talk about these kind of thought provoking questions. I think that's one of the great things about it. Yeah. All right. Question number two, what is your favorite movie that features a near death or afterlife experience? Um, near-death experience, it's, a, it's an interesting way to define that in film sense, but I went back to a movie that, oddly enough, I feel like I've mentioned in the past few weeks, and I can't remember why, but uh, Defending Your Life. Mm, interesting, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Is that uh, Bro- Albert Brooks, isn't it? Albert Brooks, Albert Brooks is it, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, definitely. Good movie. I like that one. I got nothing that isn't going to sound like I'm just giving it an excuse to talk about Gladiator. Um, mm. I. Yeah. I, do you do you, well? Do you need an excuse to talk about Gladiator? One never needs one never needs an excuse, no. excuse to. But I think I I liked. I am gonna I am, I'm gonna say real quick. If anybody says Rise of Skywalker, I'm kicking you off of this Zoom call. Okay? Just, I'm just, I wanted to lay that out there Your real fast. Death experience in Rise of Skywalker. Was there one? There was a lot in Rise of Skywalker. 
Yeah, there were several. Near-death experience, but it was also the, you know, the second part is the, the after. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, there were some near-death experiences, and, and that was just with me watching the movie. Yeah. But Anyway, I continue. Glad it was, uh, well, I, I like the way they portrayed that, you know, how he was, mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought that was, it was very. As he's walking through the Elysium Yeah, and, and then he opens yeah. the doorway and the way the music swelled, and I, I just thought. Um, I, I, I just like that portrayal now historically correct and all that, like, I don't, maybe not, but I, I just thought that was cool. And I thought when his, uh, when his buddy, the, the, the other gladiator guy, and I forget his name. Um, but you know, at the very end, he's burying the little statues and he says, you know, we'll see you soon, but not yet. You know, and mm-hmm. I just thought, I, I just thought that was, I just thought that was pretty cool. Far and away had another great one. Um, I really mm-hmm. like the portrayal uh, in that. Um, it just uh, it it fired on all cylinders for me. I thought that was really uh, pretty uh, pretty awesome. Um, you know, I uh, yeah. So I, I I think those I think those movies had scenes that just kind of depicted that. Um, I know that everyone you know is going to groan if you like were not a fan of this movie. Um, but I like the way that they portrayed it in the movie Titanic. Um, I thought that was a really, really powerful way that they, that they, that they put that in there. Um, and uh, yeah, so I kind of, those are, those are, that's kind of what I, uh, those are the ones that I think of um, with portrayals of near death um, type experiences. Although, Titanic really wasn't near death type experience, but you know, just you know. Um, so real quickly from Twitter, uh, at Tristan Martin on Twitter said, "The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe." Uh-huh. Um, you know the scene where Aslan passes uh-huh. away and then comes back. And um, mine, I'm going to go. I've already mentioned it in this episode once. Um, I'm going to. Did I steal yours, Dennis? Yep. It okay. Start with the W. It does. <laughs> there you uh, go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take what dreams may come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just I the first time and and. We both, Sharon and I, we love that movie. And, and I remember, I think we saw it in the theater when it came out. And just um, just the creativity of the visuals of that movie and just the the depictions of, um, you know, the, the differences between the, the heavenscape and the hellscape and, and just kind of everything that goes into that. Have, have you guys all seen that movie? I know, Dennis, I know you've seen it. Have you guys seen that oh, one? Oh, yeah, I own it. <laughs> it's okay, one of the yeah. few I own. I, I feel like we accidentally bought two copies at one point. So I think at one point we had you know, a couple of different copies floating around, but, or no, it was, I think Sharon and I each had our own individual copies and then we got married and we had two. So, but I would do that. I would definitely go with that one like that. And we haven't watched that one in years. I, I got to pull that one out and watch it at some point, but that would be my choice. Okay. Okay. So, I stole yours. Yeah, so what I, else? I, and that's so, yeah, you stole mine. Cause that would be probably my ultimate one. When you say quickly the afterlife, cause so much of the movie does take place in the afterlife. Then there's other ones with that teeter kind of on it that I kept going through. Um, you know, I mean, you could even say, say to a stretch, Beetlejuice is, is that, I think I've seen it as, as it listed as an afterlife movie. But for me, I would go with Sixth Sense mm-hmm. as, a, as a tough runner-up, Sixth Sense, that whole experience. Um, the Lovely Bones, which is also, you know, the book in Lovely Bones. Um, it's a sad one. And then uh, what was the third? Oh, and, and I think it falls under, to a certain degree, uh, I, I think uh, The Crow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an afterlife experience and coming back and trying to right the wrongs and that's that's a good one. That's that's been too long since I've seen that one. That's such a we. I've seen, I think I've seen it three times over quarantine. It's been on. I forgot what station. We just 
if Autumn catches it, she just starts watching it. If I catch it, I start watching it, and then we mm-hmm. usually come in and end up watching the rest of it. Nice. But that would be probably my, my yeah. So I mean, I would definitely go with honestly, what dreams may come as the ultimate, um, and then uh, then probably go with Six Sense as a second. All right. Uh, let's see. And then question number three: What is your favorite movie that was filmed in Chicago? So this one had some, you know, especially for those of us that live near Chicago or have lived in Chicago, this had some very clear, uh, you know, locations that were recognizable to us. Um, did you guys get, I, I, I might have shared a link with you, um, and this has probably been a few weeks ago now. Uh, it was from the actual City of Chicago website, and it was chicago.gov, and it had a listing of every movie that has been filmed in Chicago since, was it like 18-something? Like or Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 1896. Um, from 1896 up until I think it was like 2019. Yeah, um, and and not very many in 2019. So this list must have been put together early in 2019. Um, but it has, I don't know where they're pulling all this from, but it's got every movie that's been filmed in Chicago. Um, you know, up up through those years. So uh, I don't know if you had a chance to look at that, or if, or if you just knew off the top of your head, you know, here's my choice right here. Uh, we we got a huge amount of responses for this one on social media, so I'll read through those here in just a little bit. But what are your um, what are your top picks for this one, Dennis? I'll let you go first on you this say one. Top since picks? I'm... How many are we getting? Uh, I don't know, fifteen, twenty. Fifteen, twenty. All right, um, I'm gonna go with two that I was uh, somewhat near or in as almost an extra, and that would mm-hmm. be The Fugitive and Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, those two. Fugitive was seen. It was actually filmed in our uh, our boxing gym, Windy City. There's a scene. Or actually, that's Marshalls. But Fugitive was was one. But then the sequel, Marshalls, is also filmed here at U.S. Marshalls. And somebody dies in a shower, and it's in a boxing gym. That's actually Windy City, where I spent a good portion of my time. Um, and then I would probably go with. Uh, I'm just going to come up with two more. I'm going to say Ferris Bueller. Um, that one kind of rings to mind. And. Uh, and and I, I'm not going to steal paths. Or I know you guys are going to mention this one. If you don't, I'll come back and mention it. But uh, I'm going to I'm going to go with then Planes, Trains. Bo, what's your movie? I had uh, I had um, Ferris Bueller, of course, and then Blues Brothers. There you go. That was it. Blues. Yep. Yeah, two yep. great movies. Boy, I don't know anything else off the top of my head. And that's what I try. I mean, I I look at the I look at the lists. And some things I like looking at the list and then some things I'm like going, what's off the top of my head? You know, cause I can look down the list and go, Oh yeah, that's right. That was in Chicago or that was in Chicago. But if it's not sticking in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, ah, uh, you know what? Here's what I'm going to go with. I'll go with this one. Backdraft. Yeah. Backdraft's good. John, you need to see backdraft, especially cause there's this like major scene that applies to like so much okay. right now. And, and especially because you've told me I have to see it like six times in the last couple of weeks. Six times yeah. at least in the last couple of weeks. That might have been six times in the last 20. Actually, that was when you didn't return my phone call the other day. That's what I was it, calling it was to about tell backdraft. you about was, hey, John, have you seen Backdraft? Might want to check it out. There. It. Just saying. All right. God, it's I been will, years. I need to see it again. I'll, I will jump on that. Yeah. I will jump on that. I'll say Backdraft. Okay. And then, and then um, you know, there's there's a couple others, but I'll let you throw, you know, I, I again, I don't want to steal. I don't want to steal from I, the ones I was going to throw out there, um, my three kind of runners up, and just looking at that list, there were so many of them to choose from. I had a hard time narrowing it down, but my three that are kind of the runners up were uh, I had the Untouchables, um, mm-hmm. I had Ferris Bueller, obviously, 
Uh, I had Dark Knight, and actually I shared on, on Twitter about how Dennis, you and I were, were extras in the Dark Knight, and uh, somebody had kind of responded back to us. They're like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. That's and, uh, you know, I said, well, we didn't exactly get to see a whole lot. We spent most of the day in, uh, in a like an, an empty office space, you know, talking to the guys who were wearing all the SWAT gear. Um, I said, you know, we, we were down for a few minutes on the set. We got to see the, the mm-hmm. funeral procession scene. You know, we, we had a couple of takes where we got to panic, uh, you know, but I don't think our, any of our footage. We were probably down there. Or... I would say we were probably down there. Actually, felt closer to, I'd say, about almost a half hour. Yeah, yeah. Because we they, that... they, they had, but a lot of it was them watching them bring, you know, rigging in for mm-hmm. lighting and blocking out things. And, and, and then there was a few different takes. I think we were there for maybe, what, three takes? I think three so. actual full takes, yeah. I think it was. So we yeah. Had well, and and because and I think they and they cut it short because didn't it get kind of cloudy and he got all yeah, upset there was about issues the... with weather and and there was a delay <laughs> yeah. in the day and that was they were blaming on at least the the people up at the top were blaming it a little bit on Chris Nolan and the way he works mm-hmm. I guess or something like that I remember yeah um because yeah. we were like what's the what's the delay what's the delay people were wondering why are we still mm-hmm. up here uh, Heath Ledger did walk what probably about. Wasn't about twenty feet where you. I mean, oh, he's right. Was it was about twenty. Right he was like right nearest. Yeah. Chain smoking, but you know, yep. And there were some people came up to him, and I know it was just kind of you know, just trying to stay in character. Seemed like a super nice guy from mm-hmm. at least that moment of seeing yeah. him. But yeah, yeah. I, I got to ask, what happened trying to stay in character when people came up to him? How did he respond? Was it just like a couple words, or did he respond like? I the think Joker? he signed a few things for a couple people. Very mellow. And see, none of the extras are supposed to do that. Um, it's okay. kind of like the deals and actually not supposed to go up there and harass or bother. And they weren't, people weren't harassing, but there was a few people that just came up in between this whole big setup when we were waiting. He kind of, from what I remember, it was kind of by the alleyway and he kind of just stood there and he was, you know, smoking a cigarette and, mm-hmm. and a few people kind of came up to him, introduced, somebody might've introduced a few other people to him. And I think he signed a couple things and was just very, very cool, very calm, very nice to them. And, and then they kind of went away mm-hmm. and then that was it. So it was a brief, brief right. encounter, but uh, he seemed really cool. You know, seemed, didn't seem like, Hey, I'm working here. He just was very, but you yeah. could tell he still had, he was like mm-hmm. in his own, is what I, is the yeah. bye-bye guy. He didn't like, hey, I'm the Joker and started, I didn't see him laugh and joke a lot right with people. Yeah. He seemed pretty, still yeah. somewhat stoic, but nice, you know, okay. in, in a stoic way. Yeah. But Got you could, it. and you, you could clearly tell when he was on versus when he was off because yeah. it just his whole face, as soon as they yelled cut, like his whole face just kind of dropped. Dropped, like it was, yeah. he was He was in character and then all of a sudden, whoop. Not yeah. In, yeah, still kind of, you know, in character in terms of, you know, how he was walking and, and probably just that whole piece of being it's in the, feeling in the of like costume after, and being in the, yeah. I feel like it's after you've, uh, you've, you've, you've done a run or something like that, Pat, where it's like, you know, you're, you've got your run, you're, you're in that zone running and you're pushing time and then all of a sudden it's over and it's like, you know, you get a little bit of a break and you're, you're resting between yeah. the next set. You know, it's kind of what, what, right. what it feels like right. where he's like got a little downtime and he can't keep that up for so long. You, you, you feel the drop, like, like he's saying, like John's saying, it's not, drop down to, and come out into a different character it's that character just takes it down a couple notches almost feels like and gets a little bit of a relief okay, okay. um so so bo what dennis is saying is it's like being at a buffet and uh you do and you've just been you've been going and going and then just all of a sudden you just like hit a point and you're like you know what i i gotta take a little bit of break from the bread here and maybe do something different well, yeah, they go to the salad right, take it right. A universal experience metaphor for everybody it's good right yeah so it's yeah. <laughs> I do. As soon as you said, Pat, it's kind of like when you're running. I'm like, well, I got to come up with something for me and Bo here. <laughs> I want to include everybody here. So, um, but I, I think the one that I'm going to choose is the one that even before I ever moved to Illinois um, as a kid, I knew nothing about Chicago. You know, growing up in in Texas and then living in England and and living you know in a couple other states, living in California, Missouri, all these. My, if you were to say Chicago to me, you know, from from when I was a little kid. 
if you said the word Chicago, my first response was going to be Blues Brothers. Um, so that one for me, I felt like, you know, when, when my dad told told us that we were moving to a, a suburb of Chicago, like that's immediately what I started picturing. I was like, oh, okay, I know exactly what Chicago looks like. Kind of forgetting that, you know, that was Chicago of like 1980, but, you know, it's there are some parts that are really not all that different. Um, but I, for me, I think it'd be Blues Brothers. So we had uh, we had a bunch of we had a bunch of responses on here from uh, the social media accounts. Um, Jason Colvin on Facebook said all the John Hughes movies are obvious choices. Uh, he started to list off Ferris Bueller leads that group, but overall, he said I'm going to go with Running Scared with Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. Mm. He said Great Buddy Cop movie Shine Sweet Freedom. Mm-hmm. So I have not seen Running Scared. That's actually uh, he is sure. not the only person to have mentioned that. So. Michael Michael McDonald, right? Song, Science, Sweet Freedom. Um, and then Tristan Martin on Twitter, at Tristan Martin said The Dark Knight. Um, let's see. Uh, at Gidget Von LaRue on Twitter said, I have a few of them. She mentioned Ferris Bueller. She mentioned Blues Brothers. And she also mentioned Running Scared. Okay. And then uh, on Twitter, at Gamecock Mitch said, This was tough. I could have picked three other movies, but nostalgia took over, and I decided on this one, Adventures in Babysitting. Oh. So. Yeah, I thought about that one. The exterior of that building is uh, pretty iconic. Mm-hmm. When I, I posted up a picture that I had taken a couple of years ago of the kids um, at the Art Institute when we were kind of, I was trying to get them to reenact one of the Ferris Bueller scenes of staring at a painting. So I, mm-hmm. I posted that up on Twitter a little bit earlier. We didn't make it to the uh, the actual painting that um, Cameron is staring at in the movie because I think by that point at the museum, the kids would have eaten each other. So I, I, mm-hmm. I picked different paintings that I thought they would be interested in. I, I took a picture of them staring at it from, from an angle. Right. All right. Well, I think that's going to do the, Yeah. The Negotiator. That's another one. Same okay. Chicago. Negotiator. Is that um, that, uh, Sam Jackson in that one? Yeah. Yes. And and thinking of locations and things like that, too. I mean, that's, I I don't know who it was. Was it Pat? Maybe who was saying, or maybe it was both. Somebody saying about, like, you know, is it movies that you you notice that it's Chicago? You know, like The Dark Knight is not supposed to be Chicago, but we know it's Chicago. But then there's other things where the actual Chicago is an important location or something. Um, I, weird, creepy one that came out as I was going through the list too that I remember just location-wise, and I think it was Wacker Drive. Well, I mean, I know obviously like in Dark Knight and things like that, Wacker Drive played a big part, but I, I believe the movie, it was a Henry um, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of Chicago things where I remember seeing that movie and was like, wow, like I'm actually like walking around this area like every day when I was working downtown. So there was, was like that, a lot of um, spots that I, it was. Was that Michael Rooker? Uh, yeah, yeah, Michael Rooker. Yeah, was it okay? Yeah, yeah, a Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yep, twisted film. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that one. I've I've heard it's good. I've heard it's disturbing, but I've heard it's good. It is, yeah. Yeah. But I remember like noticing places, and it kind of affected me, like going to certain places in Chicago, where like you know that this happened in the movie, and now you're there. Really quick on one movie, because I know you're going to wrap up, John. I'm going to let you. But one movie too that I should have said earlier that I don't know why it came to me later. I should have pondered the questions more. Um, one more honorable mention for the uh, um the afterlife films that I just literally saw about two weeks ago, at least the second half of it with the kids on, on, on uh, TV was uh, heart and souls with Robert Downey jr. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. So they're saying it's there's, there's uh, there's a lot of good characters in there, like good cast in there again too. So have anybody, have you guys seen that or no heart and souls? No, I haven't. 
it should be probably maybe Netflix. I'm not sure, but we saw it on, on cable or something like it was on a TV station, but um, check it out. It's a fun, it's Robert, early Robert, fairly early Robert Downey Jr. And um, yeah, like right after all of his trouble, right? Yes. Yes. Like, yeah, I believe it was right. Yeah. But it's called heart. heart and and souls. The, the walk like yes, a man. Yes. Yes. It's worth, it's worth the movie just for that. Walk like a man. Yep. The, yeah. Definitely, and all the people out <laughs> I might there have to too. dig that up. I think my if wife you haven't seen that one. People see it. Anybody out there? It's a good. good it's a good feel. Yeah, I might have to dig that up. Yeah. My wife would enjoy that in quarantine. I think. Hmm. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that one. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode, episode number three hundred one, Flatliner. So we uh, we got into some deep philosophical conversations here, some deep thoughts with Jack. Deep Handy. dive with Jack. <laughs> As I bit into the nectarine. It tasted juicy, and then I realized it wasn't a nectarine at all, but a human head. I don't know. That that was always one of my favorites. I don't know <laughs> yeah, why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I drove my I, I drove my nephew to Disney. I told my nephew I was driving him to Disney World. Mm-hmm. And I drove by an old burned out barn. Classic. And he cried and cried. And later on, I was going to take him to the actual Disney World, but it was getting kind of late, so we just went home. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know why we ended on those deep thoughts, but. Um, so uh, this will continue our Experiments Gone Wrong month. Our next episode is going to be 302 Total Recall, uh, 303 Awakenings, and 304 Darkman. Um, so if you want to find out more about our show, 30podcast.com. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here tonight. Thank you, John. Thanks for having us, John. Thanks for doing all this. Thank you, John. So we'll be right back here next time with Total Recall. Um, you can choose choose your fantasy for Total Recall and join us for that one. And uh, we'll, we'll head on over to Mars and we'll have some fun and uh in the meantime you can be excellent let's try that one more time without the tongue twister you can be excellent to each other go watch some good movies and we'll see you back here next time